you are wherever you are welcome to the finally coming out podcast where we have two gay moms yeah and a beautiful shit show yes that we love to talk about <laughs> we do we do <laughs> i'm sitting here with my lovely fiance who is tamar medford oh we're switching things up are we and i'm oh, i guess i'm hanging out with my beautiful fiance melody routley Yay! oh my gosh we did switch that up wow. but that's okay we're sitting in our basement dungeon recording room. Well, it is, I mean, there's a stand-up desk now, so if we don't want to sit down, we can stand up. Well, one of us can. We're going to be putting, yes, that's right, we're going to be putting a, a backdrop, so it's going to be like a little mini studio Except soon. nobody on this podcast sees no, the backdrop. No, they don't. But we, we are <laughs> proud of it. Well, you are. Yeah, we're, it's a work in progress. <laughs> it's a work in progress. Yeah. We're sitting here in the very early hours before the house wakes up, sipping our coffee mm-hmm. so that we can come and hang out with you. Yeah. And yeah. talk about some stuff. Like today, some fairly gay stuff. <laughs> Let's gay it up. I'm pro-gay. Tamar is pro-gay. I'm pro-gay too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing because, you know... <laughs> What are we talking about, Melody? Today we're talking about letting ourselves be gay. Oh, see that. And I, I just want to start off quickly with, I think it was like a week or two ago. You're like, babe, why don't you need a little rainbow in your Jeep? Mm-hmm. And I go to the U.S. to go visit friends every once in a while. Yeah. Right. And it, you know, and for any of our U.S. friends that are pro-gay, you know, thank you for listening. And I, I've actually had conversations with my American friends about what's going on down in the U.S. But I told you, I'm like, babe, it scares me to go down there and be able to just be gay and show that I am because of what's happening right now. And I mean, up here, people may not agree with it. And I'm sure we've got the extremists too, but I think oh, yeah. we're very fortunate because that you showed me like the top places for LGBTQ plus and Vancouver was number one in safety. Right. So here, even if, and you know, you're getting judgment every once in a while, nobody says anything. No. And if anything were to happen, we have the law on our side. Like exactly. I think that in the States, technically they still have the law on their side, but it is like, it's like an absolute no, no. Yeah, and so I thought about that after because I'm like, I should be able to put a rainbow on my Jeep Mm -hmm. and have it on there proudly. Yeah, you should. But it scares me, like, because, unfortunately, things are a lot different down in the U.S. than they are Secretly, babe, I was going to surprise you with it when it comes, but I ordered you a magnetic rainbow. Did you? I did. So you can take it off when you need to feel safe. Aw, thanks, babe. Yeah, you know, because I'm pretty adamant you need a rainbow in your car. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, so in terms of talking about um, letting yourself be gay, um, we're not just talking about the painting yourself with rainbows, because I mean, although that's great, that's not everybody's thing. No. Um, but in terms of actually allowing yourself to explore 
your gayness. Yeah. Um, I remember when Tamara and I first started dating and we were talking, I think this was actually when you were down in the States and we were texting, um, and asking like, you know, what part do you find the most attractive Mm -hmm. or like things like that. And I remember us talking about how once you, because we came out extremely late, um, and didn't really allow ourselves to let ourselves be gay and to feel those feelings and to think actually about what physical feature or char- characteristic or things like that actually we find attractive. Right. So then once you come out and you start actually thinking about that stuff and allowing yourself to think about that kind of stuff, um, there, yeah, you can kind of find out. So it's like we didn't let ourselves be gay. So like I know for myself... It was like, I always thought it was wrong. So anytime I had any thought, it was shoved down. And then I didn't let myself acknowledge that what I find attractive. Yeah. And even though I never felt like it was wrong because I didn't grow up that way, I still knew that there was judgment, right? I still knew that there was this, you know, there was people that just didn't agree with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, that was why I didn't allow myself to, because I thought, well, what if I do, what if I like it? And then I have to actually live it. What then? I was Mm -hmm. afraid of what other people would think. Now, back then I was a people pleaser big time. Like I've had to do a lot of work on myself to not be that way. And I mean, when I came out, my friends like they wrapped their arms around me. They embraced it Yeah, and they said, good for you. And they've all been, you know, proactive and wanting to meet you and it's it's just been I've had a very good experience but Mm -hmm. that still doesn't mean that it doesn't scare me sometimes yeah there are times when you um like need to have a hedge of protection around yourself kind of thing yeah um but I, but yeah I want to say one more thing is I find it interesting because I we're going to say lots more okay I I I find that, you know, when you were talking about letting yourself be attracted to women or features or talk about that kind of stuff, I know women that are very, you know, they might be heterosexual, they might be bisexual, they don't label themselves because mm-hmm. they don't care. Yeah. But that they have no problem going, oh my gosh, that woman is beautiful. Yeah. Like she's got a nice ass. And sorry to use those words, but like they're not afraid to acknowledge seeing a member of the same sex and pointing out a body feature that they find attractive or like, wow, she's got beautiful eyes. Yeah, there's eyes. no fear of judgment. There's no. no fear of anything. I remember actually, um, well, I'd say up until recently, really, I when, when a friend would refer to somebody as being their girlfriend, when it's just a friend that they have, yeah. I always struggled with that because in my head, like a girlfriend is somebody that you're partnered with and always felt like and because I wanted that always felt like I couldn't refer to my friends as girlfriends because organically I wanted a girlfriend if that's that makes a, that's any a sense. Mi- that's a that's a mind bender it's a mind bender, if you think bender. About it. but it was like I always like, I would never refer to my friends as my girlfriends because for me, I wanted a girlfriend. See, and I did because I never even thought about it. Yeah. The judgment. And I still do. Ourselves. I still do. I still refer to, you know, I have a girlfriend. Oh. Because yeah. you're my fiance. Oh, that's true. Okay. Well, now that I'm a fiance, you can say that. That's 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we have like a, a bunch of um, pointers or direction kit for you because I know that we do have listeners that are in um, those stages of finally coming out and contemplating coming out and um, will at this point now where they're willing to kind of look at what that could look like. Um, and so, yeah, to, we have a few pointers for you, for you today as you go through this process of, um, finally letting yourself be gay. Yes. Um, the first one is really Mm self-reflection, um, like needing to take time to really reflect on your feelings and attractions and experiences that you've had. Like, I know like you talk about, um, your friend as a teenager and, the attractions that you had actually being willing to name those and look into those, um, really kind of help see like, you know, this isn't just right now. It's like, no, like this is something that's been for a long time. And oh, I, yeah. like when I wrote my book, like there's lots of times when I'm going over every relationship and I was like, Oh, she's really pretty. Or I'm so attracted to her personality or mm-hmm. things like that. Um, Considering like your own desires and what brings you joy and fulfillment, acknowledging that your feelings are valid are so important because I didn't think mine were because I thought that they were wrong, but, um, and, and that they deserve acceptance. Like if you're attracted to somebody of the same sex, that's fine. Yeah. There's heterosexual people that call, that say they're attracted to the same sex. Would Mm -hmm. they act upon it? They say, I don't know. Yeah. But doesn't mean I can't be attracted to somebody. And it's not wrong. No. Like, it's not wrong. And I think for me, especially growing up. Oh, they are. Yeah. Like, if you want some boy, seriously. (laughs) But like, for me growing up, I, it, it was considered wrong. So I couldn't accept. I didn't think that my attractions deserved any kind of acceptance. Right. Um, Or learning about what has worked for you in the past and what hasn't. Mm -hmm. Um. Like, I know, like, for you talking about, like, your marriage or relationships that you've had and um, loving someone but not being in love Mm -hmm. or things like that. Yeah. Well, this is the first relationship I've actually, I can say wholeheartedly that I've been in love. Mm. I've loved people before. I love my friends. And, you know, my ex was a a wonderful man. Unfortunately, he was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking ex-husband, not ex, you know. Stalker. Yeah. But like, you know, he was a wonderful person. We just were not meant to be together. You know, Mm -hmm. and I realized that after. And actually, our parents knew it. Yeah. When we got married. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. But you know what? Had that not happened, I wouldn't have met you. It's true. Somebody else would have snatched you up. Exactly. <laughs> um, I didn't let myself think about um, the same sex just because I um, was had been told it was wrong. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to. Yeah. Um, so once I let myself, I started to really figure out um, what I was attracted to. Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, so when I came out, it was uh, 21. So TikTok was at its height and gay TikTok was like, whoa. And like you're constantly, we're like, well, I was because I was on gay TikTok, constantly flooded with um, different type <laughs> types of you can't see my air quotes um, of lesbians mm-hmm. and whether it was Stam or Butch or whatever. And so watching all these people talk and stuff and being like, oh, do I find that attractive? Now if I'm gay, do I need to find that attractive? And it's like, no, <laughs> you don't. There's no requirement. Um, 
And so actually really kind of like looking at all of these things that you wouldn't let yourself look at before um, is important. So self-reflection. Yeah. Really important. Yeah. And I want to say one more thing on this topic Uh, in letting yourself. I have talked to countless women who, because they hide it, will use pornography Mm -hmm. and to explore and not Mm -hmm. to say that that's right or wrong, because I think that, you know, there are people who have used it to explore and come up with answers, which is great. But I think that it also, you know, walks a fine line where we can start to get addicted to that. And then we can, we can start to go too far over to that side to explore because we feel like we can't come out and actually explore it in person. Yeah. 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 It's important. Yeah. Educate yourself. Mm -hmm. Not not necessarily through (laughs) porn. Um my preference is not through porn. No, I just was bringing that up though. Right. Because we're not going to start watching porn. (laughs) No, no, we're not. We're not. But I think people in, in the hiding. Yeah. Right. Like you watched gay TikTok probably because not a lot of people knew that you were on TikTok. Yeah. And that's something, a way you could hide your exploration. I think people hide their exploration through porn and that's not a good thing all the time. Well, I actually made a bunch of gay TikToks. Did you? Well, yeah, baby. Oh, well, yeah, that one. My, like, yeah, I have watched some of them. I have like them. four and a half thousand followers. I know you're, you're. I told my students that and they could, they wouldn't have been able to like find my yeah. account. But, and they were like in awe. <laughs> See, but that, that's the thing, right? Once we start to hide it, those yeah. are things that we can go to, right? Yeah. Social media, pornography. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's true. Yeah. Uh, okay. So educate yourself about different sexual orientations in the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, understanding the experience and stories um, of others can provide validation and support in your own self-discovery. I know that like there's, well, there's so many different labels. We've talked about labels before um, for different um, sexual orientations, attractions and things like that. And I think that we, um, by exploring some of those, it can validate what we're actually thinking. Mm -hmm. Like I'm definitely gay, but I could see, I could, I would not, if they were male, that wouldn't work for me, but per like being attracted to somebody's personality, um, regardless of gender, I could totally see how people would be like interested in that, but then be like, well, then how come sometimes I'm just totally repulsed by guys? How come sometimes I'm totally repulsed by girls? You know, like, so being able to see more of like what's going on out there because it they it validates it. And I think that's really important. Yeah, and I remember being in my 20s and being very attracted to men but becoming really good friends with them because I wasn't actually interested in the physical yeah. aspect. Yeah. And I used to have, I remember, you know, one of my ex-boyfriends when I was younger didn't like the fact I had these guy friends. Mm-hmm. And at the time I totally like, I, I mean, I was not happy about that because they were my friends, but mm-hmm. I could look at it from their perspective and say, okay, maybe that's not appropriate to have male friends, but you know, a, a big part of me wanted to come out and be with women. Yeah. And so I just settled and I'm like, well, this is a really nice guy. I'm attracted to their personality. They seem really great. I could, I could hide in this. Yeah. Right. And we don't need to hide in it. So being able to understand that like there are so many different types of attraction, um, can help validate just who we are and help us understand better. 
Um, seeking support is so important. And mm-hmm. I know when I came out, that was um, very important for me to seek support. Um, finding supportive communities, both online and offline, um, where you can connect with individuals who have similar experiences or who are going through similar, a similar journey is really helpful. I know one of the first people... I'm going to like hashtag her here, Stacey Chomiak. She wrote a book called Finally Stace, or not Finally Stace, Still Stace, mm-hmm. sorry. Um, we're finally coming out. She's Still Stace, and it was her story of growing up in the church and coming out. And I was able to, because she lives not far from here, um, connect with her. And having gone through similar journeys, that really, really helped um, me to know what was okay and setting boundaries and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So finding like a supportive community, like 100%. Even if you don't know that person, like you don't have to look through your friends and be like, which one is a good person for me to walk this journey with early on. But reach, I mean, like people write books Mm-hmm. on their story because they want to share and exactly. they want to help. So try and reach out to them. Yeah. And I had a few friends who were gay and actually most of them were guys. I had one female friend that was gay and, you know, and initially I had told my close circle of friends and they, you know, embraced it. But then I reached out to some of my, my guy friends that were gay and I was like, you know, I want to tell you something. And it was almost like they were like, welcome to the club. Like they were so proud of me and, you know, open to answering questions that I had. And because I think everybody just knows, right? Mm-hmm. Like they know it's it's like me and my alcoholism. If I walk into a 12-step meeting, people just know what I'm thinking or how I feel, right? Like having that community has done like, it's, it's, it's life-changing when you find that community. It is true. It yeah. is true. And finding the community is really, uh, reach. So reach out to support, but also surround yourself with support because mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a lot easier to get support online. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do also need to be around physical people, um, that are supportive. And that was really hard for me. And in the beginning, I like it, um, most of my friends voiced that they were supportive. They were proud of me and all that kind of stuff. Um, but they, however, didn't know, um, what it was like to really walk in my shoes and often disappeared from my story. Um, and in my case, most of my support came through friendships that it, uh, like the actual support I got came through friendships that I've had for years, Mm -hmm. people from my teen years. I know I actually just saw a bunch of people on the weekend that I haven't seen in, well, now five or 10 years. I don't know. Yeah. That's very rough. Um, but I haven't seen them, but they have reached out on Facebook or they've been listening to our story and that kind of stuff. And so I'm sorry, tomorrow's just about to like trash my computer. Yeah. Sorry. I went to go grab my coffee, which is important. It is important. uh, So sorry for the sound there guys. Yeah. Anyways, I saw them and it was just like, it was like seeing old friends, but I also know that they're very safe people because they've reached out online. And so, um, that is really important yeah. to surround yourself with people, but also understand they don't know what it's like to walk in your shoes. Totally. And so if they do disappear, 
don't take it personally. Yeah. Like it's not, you know, yeah. they're like, okay. And often to them, it's like, this is not a big deal that you're out. So, <laughs> But yeah. they don't really get what how big that is. Yeah, and to people listening that maybe are on the other side of the fence and don't know how to handle it, you know, at least communicate honestly. Um, because you've also been through this, right? People will reach out and then you don't hear from them again. And it's like, do you actually care, right? We mm-hmm. all, As human beings, we start to fabricate stories in our head. You know, if somebody, if you text somebody and they don't text you back, it's human nature to wonder, what did I do? Yeah. Right. And so if you're listening and you have a friend maybe that's come out and you don't know how to handle it because you've grown up like Melody has, mm-hmm. right? At least either ask questions or be honest in your communication and yes. say, listen, I don't know what to say right now. I love you, but I just, I'm struggling between my beliefs and our friendship. Yeah. At least then the person knows, okay, I know where you're at right now. I get it because I was there too. Yeah. And I, that is something like Tamar's referring to something like very real, very recent that's happened. Um, a very, very good friend of mine um, who helped me in the beginning processes of, she was one of the first people I told that I thought that I was gay. And helped me with all of that and was super supportive in me exploring that and everything. But then has, over the last um, couple of years, really disappeared and um, reached out recently because of hearing about Linnea, but then didn't really want to get together. And so just being, um, if you're on the other side of all of this, just make sure your intentions are known because that can really hurt. Yeah. When you kind of like come to the point where you're like, okay, this person just doesn't want to be in my life and then they reach out but then they don't yeah so that is hard and we share that not to call people out no but this is as we walk this journey as and it's as it's so new we experience different feelings right like the people who stopped connecting with you that once did it's hard not to think you've done something wrong yeah right because silence and silent treatment or distancing yourself is often a sign that that person did something wrong to you Mm -hmm. right so make it you know be vocal about Mm -hmm. how you feel it's okay if you need to take a break or you need to step back that's perfectly okay but at least have the respect to state why to not just leave you in like limbo exactly exactly so that's just our experience right being on the receiving and giving in for certain things yeah so totally yeah Um, And in all of this, like surrounding yourself with a supportive community, also connect with role models within the community. Yeah. Um, People that have gone through, um, that inspire you or they can empower you Mm -hmm. through sharing their stories. Um, Look for people that have like embraced their sexual orientation and um, are living like fulfilling lives and that um, both with in the community and outside the community. Cause I think that you can also become very like, I am only hanging out with gay people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you yes. know, and that's not really, that's not authentic either. Yeah. Um, I think that it's important to, to not just seek, um, yeah, just, we want all inclusive. We here. want all inclusive. And I think you and I do, <laughs> we do, we do. I would love an all inclusive right now. Oh, me too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Free mango mojito, virgin mango mojitos and mango smoothies and and, okay, sorry, we we digress. And like buffets of food. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Next year, babe. All inclusive. Focus. All inclusive. Okay. 
Um, you can get support through these people, especially because they have lived yes. the story, yeah. right? They're still living the story, but you can become empowered by seeing their success um, and learn from their lessons too. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to make all the same mistakes kind mm-hmm. of thing that everybody makes. Um, engaging with um, LGBTQIA plus culture and events. Yeah. Um, in two weeks, mm-hmm. you're going to your first Pride parade. I know, I'm so excited. There's gonna be massive, massive crowds. Yeah, lots of rainbows. I know. It's gonna be fun. It's it gonna will be, be fun. I'll be it's with you, hot. so I'll be okay. I'm not a big crowd person. I get quite anxious actually when I'm in crowds, mm-hmm. but I can suck it up for a bit. We can put on those like horse blinders for you. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> it'll be fun because it, it'll be a new experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like. Um, I, I know like one thing that was really cool, um, actually last summer we went to our first, like Linnea and I and the girls went to our first, um, pride parade and it was so cool because it was really fluke that it kind of happened. We were going to walk with the Burnaby school district, which is where, who I work for. Um, but then, um, Linnea and I were actually able to sit on the float. Which was great because I don't think she would have handled walking the whole thing. Um, but our like a year after coming out, our first Pride Parade, we were able to actually sit on a float in the parade. Yeah. Which was really cool. And that was really empowering like and feeling very accepted and like this is not a big deal that you're out kind of thing. Yeah. Like, um, so that was super, super cool. Do you want to share the next one, babe? Sharing your story. Yeah. Right. Share your journey and experiences with others um, when you feel ready. Yes. Right. This isn't like I did that when I became an entrepreneur. One of the reason, well, one of the ways I finally started to become an entrepreneur was writing a story about my addiction, about my life. Mm -hmm. And I may do a part two eventually about that and Mm -hmm. where this falls into that story, because I do believe that. You know, I, I've mentioned it before. I had a crush on a girl when I was 12 and 14. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm sure that contributed. I also had the gene, right? Yes. I had, I, it's in my genetics. The addictive gene, not the, ad- the gay gene. No, the, <laughs> the addictive gene. Is there a gay gene? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I, so. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Because if, if there was a gay gene, that 70% would influence whether you are or not. Yeah, that's so true. So you just are. Um, but I think that, you know, Ooh, that was really, that was smart. Wasn't it smart? That was really smart. I know. See, I can, you know. So we're talking like the 70%. So 30% is your DNA. 70% is your environment. So if there was really a gene mm-hmm. that said that you were gay or not, then you, it would like, there's a chance that then you couldn't be because of the 70% you of your environment, but really you are organically gay and that can't really... Exactly. God, that's so deep. I, it is deep, right? It's so early in the morning for all this deepness. I know. Well, that, that's when I'm at my best. And, you know, but for me, that I believe that not, you know, wanting to recognize that I was attracted to women was part in triggering that gene because I felt so out of place. I felt like I didn't belong. I didn't want to feel my feelings. Yeah. And then I started drinking and that triggered that gene. And it lasted for 22 years. Right. So, you know, uh, yeah, I might. Right? Well, the drinking lasted for 22 years, but now you're doing the work for 
11 years now. Exactly. And you will be for another 50 years. Exactly. So, you know, share sharing my story about what that journey was like takes away the stigma. Yeah. And, you know, just like you did with Shamius mm-hmm. plug there. <clears throat> Shamius like plug. I did that. Go like online. You that. can purchase my book Amazon. by Melanie Routley. Yeah, I'm right. I'm reading it for I got to read the raw raw draft and I'm now raw, reading raw. again the polished version. Yeah. But I'm so proud of you because that's how we create change. We stop Mm -hmm. hiding in the closet. I know that's, you know, whatever being in the closet, but we get out of the closet and we start sharing about our story so other people can relate. And we're not necessarily saying publish a book. No. You could. It's so simple. (laughs) But why do you think 12-step programs are so successful? Love them or hate them. You go into a community of people who share your story. And as a result, you share your story and you're able to get help. Totally. Totally. So there we go. Yeah. Boom. Mic drop. Boom. Mic drop. I've done my part today. (laughs) (laughs) Practice self-care. Yes. Also very important um, because it is highly stressful. Um, In my situation, it was highly stressful because I knew that I risked losing my entire community. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, my entire faith community. And so you have to practice self-care. Um, take care of your physical, emotional, and mental well-being. Uh, be kind to yourself. You're on a path of learning, and learning means um, failing sometimes. Yeah, oh yeah, it does. So be kind to yourself. Yeah. And acknowledge your brave steps. Mm-hmm. Do some fucking affirmations. wow you sure swear a lot for a christian i do i always say that jokingly to her it's true but it's you know you have to practice that i like to call it self-preservation on my other show we call it self-preservation because really that's what it is right Mm -hmm. we're preserving ourselves so we can get old and live good great but then i just picture us like preserved pickled in a jar no i don't want to be pickled um maybe when i die yeah maybe you want a jar with me in it sitting I, on the shelf I don't know no that would be weird um <laughs> I wonder if anybody's done that but you know like in terms of self-preservation or self-care there's times where you walk into situations where they you know for me because everything is still so new you know they say oh your partner's name or your spouse and that's the first time you say it you don't know if those people are affirming Mm -hmm. or if they're they have the belief that it's wrong Mm -hmm. and some you have to be prepared for those looks because a lot of times people will be like oh Oh. okay (laughs) like they don't you know or they ask you a second time oh this is your partner yes this is my partner we are my daughter's grandma we are together yeah (laughs) we are together in a relationship when we're in the hospital oh you're gonna say it aren't you i am gonna say it I don't know if we've said it when we were giving updates. Um, When we were in the hospital with Linnea, we were sitting on the couch and one of the doctors came in and she's like, so you're mom. And I'm like, yes. And then she turned to Tamara and she was like, all right, grandma. I have no gray hairs. (laughs) And I do. None. And it came down apparently to the size of our glasses. Mine were thinner. Which is, um, she was like, well, the like younger generations are wearing bigger glasses, which is kind of weird in my head because I'm like I have bigger glasses because I have yeah. um uh progressives in yes. them. Yeah. 
And so, uh, yeah, anyways. Okay, let's um, move on. Well, <laughs> she does not like how she was just if she was grandma. Um, but we have had times where it's like, or when I was in the hospital in the ER and the guy was like, and who's this person? I'm like, my partner. And he's like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... And it, but it, on the other side, there are a lot of people that when I say, oh, you know, my partner, Melody, they're like, okay. Yeah. And it doesn't even phase yeah, them. Yeah, super normal. And I think that comes a lot from the younger generation. It it's does. when you have the older generation. So practicing yeah. self-care with yourself allows you to handle those situations mm-hmm. and take on less, like, because I know in the beginning, I would have been like, oh my gosh, they're totally judging me. I'm not, yeah. I'm not welcome back. Yeah. Right? It helps you kind of, I think minimize yeah. those kind yeah. of feelings or reactions to it because totally. you start to care less. Yeah. Because I love you. Yeah, I love you. And I'm proud to say you're my fiance. Yeah. Yeah. Embrace your authenticity. Yeah. Which That's is what we one. do. Yeah, we do. Highly recommend. Remember that being true to yourself is a lifelong process. Yes. Embrace your authentic self and live your life according to your own values and desires. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Celebrate it. Yep. Celebrate. Um, surround yourself with love and acceptance. Celebrate your journey of self-discovery. Talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, share this podcast, share the podcast out. (laughs) The other night, your parents were over because they were heading out to go see your family for a wedding. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool because we've shared the journey of, you know, them not knowing from, you know, the very beginning how to feel about this. And Mm -hmm. they were not vocal about it, but Anytime any, you know, like when the engagement came, your dad was kind enough to say, hey, you know, I'll be honest, we don't know how to feel yet, which that's great because they're communicating with us. We know Mm -hmm. where they're at. But, you know, we hung out the other night and we were just ourselves and I could put my knee, my hand on your knee and we held hands and we played a game for a few hours. Like it's just normal. And we just laughed and had fun. And that was being able to be authentic even though we knew that mm-hmm. they're not sure where they stand on yeah. it. They have accepted me, which is great. They love you. I love your parents. Um, but it was just really nice to not have to worry too much. I mean, we don't make out in front of them. No, we're not, we're not gonna, gonna like really throw it in their face like no. more than you know. But we wanna show that we love each other. I mean, yeah. your dad, as soon as we got engaged, said, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because I think it shows. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, anytime they're here, Linnea will come and cuddle with me yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, be authentic. Don't hide who you are. Don't. You were very good at that, at helping me that in the beginning of the mm-hmm. relationship is letting me take it how fast mm-hmm. or slow I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I got comfortable. Yeah. And that helped. Yeah. So thanks, babe. My pleasure. So let yourself be gay. Yeah. Let yourself be gay. Let yourself explore it. Encourage yourself. Feel empowered. Yeah. Because there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong. If Think... anything, you love more, maybe. Right? I don't know. I it, can't it is prove just it. more it's love. It's not scientifically, I mean, but it yeah. is more love. We'll say it. Though. Yeah. Love is love. Yeah, love is love. Totally love is love. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Uh, we, we are so appreciative of your support, especially over the last, like, month with... Um, Linnea and all the comments, everybody that reached out. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on this journey while we let ourselves be gay. Right. Have a good week. See you next time. Bye.